hello and welcome to the Imitator Podcast, where we're discussing how to become more like Jesus, one topic at a time. My name's Curtis Henry, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jeremy Sutherland. Hello, everybody. That's me. I'm Jeremy. <laughs> uh, we have been out. I don't know if you've noticed, we've been gone for a few weeks. Just a few. Just a few. Uh, since prior to Easter, but we are back now. Excited about a new series that we're bringing to you for the next three weeks, and it's going to be really good. You want to tell us about that, Jeremy? Oh, a little bit. Um, I think it's been on all, all of our hearts as we're seeing what's going on in the world around us, what's going on in the church, but that is just a sense of division, disunity, especially amongst amongst believers in the church. Yeah. Um, I came across a quote the other day, and... Uh, can I sh- is this now a good time to share? Yeah, jump right. in. It's actually a quote from 1627, but um, it, it says this. It says, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. Maybe one more time. In essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. And uh, that occurred in a tract on Christianity, Unity, written in 1627, and that was during the 30-year war which was a bloody time in European history in which uh, there was a lot of re- religious tensions uh, that played a significant role. So it it kind of fits now. It seems like there's a lot of tension and I see that there are attacks from outside, which Jesus warned of. He said they'll be like wolves in sheep's clothing. And then also he, the warning, Paul gave the warning to the Ephesian elders that there'd be, there'd rise up things from within. And so how can we have unity as a church and and why? And, and I mean, it all comes down to Jesus' pre- priestly prayer at the end, um, his, his prayer, his call for unity. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're, I mean, Jesus's last, one of his last prayers on earth before he went to be crucified, like the last thing on his mind, the most pressing thing on his mind before he went to be crucified was the state of the church, what would happen when he left. And uh, the unity of the church really was was top on his mind. And I feel like that's something that we should pay attention to. The last message that he had for us was was that we would be unified. And as I was thinking through this, I was, I was thinking about the not only is it important because Jesus commanded it and prayed for it for us, but also just for the internal health of the church, um, for individual health as Christians uh, within the church, and then also for the effectiveness of communicating the gospel. And I think that last one has been sticking out to me a lot. Uh, and we'll come back to each one, but the effectiveness of communicating the gospel and when we are fighting w- amongst ourselves or disagreeing or or hashing up things within the church makes it awfully difficult to be effective outside the church and uh, communicate the gospel in an effective way. And also just it's hard to have a really good witness when there's squabbling going on between Christians who you know, hopefully we have a better uh, witness than that where we we can uh, grow into a place where we can be mature and 
operating together, even though we may have minor differences. Yeah. Yeah. John 13, 35 says, by this, uh, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Mm. So, I mean, that, that wasn't just his last thoughts. It was throughout his ministry. He wanted his disciples to show the world that they had love for one another. Um, so yeah, yeah there, it, it's, it's at the, it was the priority of Jesus that we would have this unity. And, and I think, you know, how, how can we go outside the church if, if there's so much conflict inside, but, but yet this disunity, it's not new. It's not anything new, right? I mean, it was all the way back to the first century church as well as, mm-hmm. as Paul, uh, Jesus prayed for it before he left. And then Paul and his letters to the churches like over and over again, He's reminding them, love one another. Um, yeah, and I mean, just thinking about all the denominations and all the different sects of the church that are constantly popping up, it's, it's, um, it's. I think it's only becoming increasingly difficult to be united as one church under Jesus than, you know, than it has maybe been in the past, although, I mean, the church has been through a lot, so it's hard to say whether this is, it's more difficult now, but there are definitely a lot more sects of the faith and that becomes very difficult to, yeah, to be outward focused. I was thinking about this in regards to like a war scenario Mm -hmm. and how if you have like a front line, like I was imagining in my mind, the scene in uh, Braveheart where they're all lined up and going to attack the enemy and how, you know, if not, if they weren't a unified front, then obviously they would be a lot more susceptible to attacks from the side or, or people cutting in the middle. And I think that's true of the church too. You know, uh, it makes me think of the uh, scripture in Ecclesiastes 4 that talks about the uh, triple braided cord and how a triple braided cord is not easily broken, but uh, somebody who stands alone uh, is, you know, easily overcome. And so I think as a church, if we can become unified, then we strengthen our defenses, we strengthen our offense, uh, in not in a war sense necessarily, but in a uh, evangel- evangelizing sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Maggie and I got into this, um, I don't know if it's a documentary, just a show series on the F1 racing. And it's kind of inside look at the teams and the dynamics and uh, the t- the principles. Those are like the, I don't know, the team managers. And then you have the two racers per team. And it's just- it's Like a, Formula it, One? Formula One, yeah. Oh, it's, wow. It's, okay. it's, my wife is totally into it. And uh, it's just, it's inside look at these teams and- it's so interesting as you're seeing like the politics, even within these teams, that if they're not working together, what happens and how, you know, you have two race car drivers per team and what happens when one race car driver doesn't feel like he's being, you know, he's being outcast or he's the, he's the second driver. So they're favoring the other driver. And so there becomes this crazy dis- disunity within the team. And on a couple of these episodes, some of these race car drivers have joined have signed to the next year what team they're going to be, but they have to continue racing oh, for their wow. team. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's like what you're saying. There's this, this 
disunity and it's causing strife. And so the team isn't like, you know, doing as well as they could or should. And yeah, I like that, 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 that war and, um, you know, Jesus, or, or sorry, John wrote in first John, um, 2.10, he said, he who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in darkness and does not know what he's doing because the darkness has blinded his eyes. It's like we can't be despising our brothers and being walking in the light like God called us to. Um, mm. And it's from the beginning, 1 John 3. He says, this is from this message is from the beginning that we should love one another. And so it's this call into this greater team, this call like that we have to have that unity that God has, that the, the, the Godhead has within itself. Yeah, yeah, it's powerful. Um, you know, Jesus' last prayer, praying that we as brothers and sisters in Christ would have the same unity that Jesus had with the Father and with the Holy Spirit and the the Trinity there, and it's it's almost unimaginable that that we could attain that. And I think that um, you know we probably won't attain that perfectly until we get to heaven. But it's um, it's amazing that that's the goal for us. You know that we would have the same unity. It's hard to even imagine. I think the closest thing that I've experienced to that is um, outside of like individual friendships, but in like a community group setting uh, in in like a life group. uh, It's amazing how spiritually like recharging and how you can just like when there's good unity and you're all growing together with the same goal and purpose in mind. It's amazing how much momentum you can gain um, and how just it's such a spiritual experience, like being fully united with other people uh, for the cause of becoming more like Christ. Uh, I've, I've never experienced anything like it. So um, yeah, it's, it's, did we already talk about the church in, in Turkey? No, we haven't yet, huh? So um, I took a trip. Another experience that I had with this was I, I took a trip to Turkey in 2015. And uh, and then again, like a year after that. But anyway, I had the opportunity to go to the only church in Istanbul, which is a city of 27 million people. And there's one Christian church there. Um, and... It's amazing the unity in that place because there, I think we're at a significant disadvantage here in our culture because of how many churches there are. And that seems weird to say, but when there's so many churches and you have an offense or you have an issue with a brother or sister, here you can just go down the street to another church, but in Turkey, I mean, you have to, you either leave the church of Christ (laughs) or you go back to church and you address it. And I think that there's a big reason why uh, it seems like Christians in other more persecuted countries seem to be so much more mature because they have to uh, confront these things. They have to face them. They have to grow through them. 
Whereas we're so, uh, we tend to be so comfort focused and uh, challenge averse. Like we, we don't want to challenge ourselves. We don't want to be in an uncomfortable situation that, that, and we, and it's provided for us that we can just go down the street. So I, that experience was really powerful. You can disagree with other people and still go to church with them and still um, serve God together as long as, you know, there's the primary focus there. Yeah. Of, they, they, they had their focus. Yeah. They had, they had their, their focus, focus, right? Yeah. yeah, like what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, I therefore, the, the prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called. With all lowliness and gentleness and long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Mm-hmm. There is one body and one spirit, just as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Mm-hmm. There's a oneness there. Um, and and I think we, we get so caught up in all the little minutia, just extra things like the church seems to be fighting over to mask or not to mask, to vaccine, to not to vaccine. All, all these things are just causing this strife within the church. And in reality, we, we have to huddle around the, that, that gospel, like what Jesus, who mm-hmm. Jesus is and what he came to do. And, um, yeah, it seems impossible. It really, yeah. it really, in some ways it just seems impossible but I know it's not, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, when he was praying for the church, it's possible, it's very possible that this time in the church's history crossed his mind and he was, you know, praying with this in mind and other, obviously really big times of disunity in the church too. But, um, next week we're going to be discussing a little bit about, the what we unify around, uh, and I was listening to a, a another podcast a few weeks ago, and and the guy was talking about how unity really doesn't unity for the sake of unity really doesn't mean anything. Uh, we can't be unified and just because we say we're unified, like uh, people are unified because they're unified around something like a set of ideals or a set, of, you know, they're unified around a a a set of principles. And so uh, that's what we're going to be talking about next week. We're going to be talking about the essentials uh, and what we as Christians should be unified around. Yeah. Yeah. And just maybe as a final thought, I, I this thing of unity, um, it, may, it makes me think of, of, of my relationship with my daughters. I would never ask my daughters to do something they weren't capable of doing. Like I would never say, you know, get in the car and drive to Trader Joe's by yourself. Like that's, they're just not capable of doing that right now. Someday they will. But when Jesus prays this prayer in John 17, and and he says, I do not pray for those alone, but those, but for those also who will believe in me through their words, speaking of the disciples and their message and how they're going to, you know, write this down and send it out. So he's speaking of us. Uh, He says that they may be as one as you Father are in me and I in you, and they be maybe one in us, hmm. that the that through the world might believe that you sent me. So he's calling us into this unity, and he wouldn't pray, he wouldn't call us into this unity if it wasn't possible. So yeah, yeah, and also he sent the Holy Spirit. 
Yes. After that, to equip us to to you know bring us into one spirit. Yes. And bring that unity as well. Yes. So cool. So cool. Awesome. Um, yeah. Well, we're excited about next week's episode about the essentials, and uh, we just want to. Thank you guys for joining us on the Imitator Podcast, where we're discussing how to become more like Jesus, one topic at a time. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Have a great week. Bye.